Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. All right, Mike, welcome back to the show. We've got a great question for today. Okay, great. Let's hear it. All right, so my dog is afraid of everything. What do I need to do in terms of preparing her for my baby? Well, that's a you know it's a good question. It's a broad question, and I'm unfortunately you know unfortunately there are dogs that just have a generally brittle nervous system. You know they're just basically born just slightly nervous. You know at, at, at anything to do with novelty. So with a dog like that, obviously everything I said in previous podcasts about how to deal with anxiety applies doubly. I think probably mm-hmm. the place that I would start is I would make a list of the things that are going to be you know most probable. When with a baby around, right, which is, you know, baby noises, crying, you know, things being dropped on the floor, you know, baby toys and stuff being dropped on the floor, crawling. I would just sort of start to make a list of things. <clears throat> and Screaming, um, crying. Yeah. I mean, for the screaming and crying, you know, as we said in another podcast, there are um, MP3s one can download that have a bunch of baby sounds on them and you want to start getting your dog ready for, you know, by just playing those in the background at a low volume while you're doing something fun that the dog enjoys, maybe a game of fetch or some, you know, treat-based obedience exercise or whatever it is that the dog likes and start playing the baby sounds in the background, first at a low vo- uh, volume and then at a higher volume and uh, yeah. you know, so forth and so on. And there's a fun uh, blog post from a few months ago where there's a whole thing on how I use the Sonos sound system with a client to basically teach the dog that whenever it heard baby sounds coming from any room to come to mom for a treat. So people might want to scroll down, you know, take a look for that. I think... uh, Yeah, but things like banging, just banging, like banging stuff on tables and stuff like my baby does. Yeah. Well, also, there's kind of all kinds of weird little uh, baby toys, you know. There's... uh, you know, one of those little things that you put, you put the little baby, you know, on its back and it looks up and there's like spinning little, you know, yes. like a little, little mobile with little bells and yes. colorful things spinning around that they keep their attention. You know, things like that. Anything like that that we think might be just weird for the dog, I'd start bringing that stuff into the house soon. I just, just want to check the dog's reaction to it, see how it goes. You know, baby carriages, even just any of the new equipment, just bring it in soon mm. and get the dog mm. used to it start having it be around yeah. um uh the other thing is create a safe place for your dog where the dog knows that it can just get away from all the chaos and uh, you know when it just gets too much or that you can put the dog when it all gets too much and it's important that that safe place not feel like a prison but just you know but it's a safe place it's a refuge you know like a man cave or something <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> um uh, you know start thinking That's a, about it might be a, a commentary on masculinity there but okay <laughs> perhaps you know just some place where the doggy can just get away from it all or that we can feel good about putting the dog when it's just all too much yeah i would take a look you know if your dog is afraid of if it's sudden handling you know what is it that makes your dog freak out if it's sudden handling then Here's a shameless plug. You know, check out the uh, the video course that I did on how to prepare a dog for childlike handling. Because with a sensitive dog, that's 
that applies doubly. Everything applies doubly with a dog who's just chronically anxious about this, that, and the other thing. Um, yeah. If your dog's afraid of kids, same thing. There's the, the, the other, you know, there's module two of the, of my e-course. That's about how to prepare a dog just for the presence of children. If there are, if they're not used to it, you know, start again, like I'm just, I mean, I'm repeating stuff from other podcasts, but it's just in this case, you know, they apply doubly. Like I said, so I would just uh, throw everything that I could at the situation. And then, you know, the, the other side of it then also is uh, all the little add-ons that one can do, things like thunder shirts, things like uh, thunder shirt is just a tight-fitting little shirt that can help dogs with anxiety, and they, believe it or not, actually work. There are CBD treats now that help with anxiety. There are uh, products like Rescue Remedy, which is a homeopathic tincture that can help with anxiety. There are Let's see, the adaptyl diffusers, which are a, uh, they diffuse a synthetic hormone that mimics a lactating mother's milk that has a calming effect on dogs. I would bring all that stuff in and even possibly talk to my vet about anti-anxiety if necessary. So I, mm. I would really throw the whole kettle of fish at the problem to the point of overdoing it. Um, yeah. Just to prepare. And then, you know, also just not forget things like confidence building exercises. Again, it just depends, you know, how old is the dog? What kind of dog is it? Uh, but if you've got, say, a three or four year old pretty athletic dog, but it's skittish, then maybe some agility classes, just anything that can generally increase confidence levels, you know? Yeah. I, I have a question. Yeah. In this context, when when my dog is afraid of everything, what, what are the risks that that we're mitigating? Oh, biting. I mean, just it's a skittish. It's a, you know, fear. Fear is the number one driver of aggression. You know, I'd say. Got it. I, you know, this is just off the top of my head. I don't have stats to back this up, but I'd say seventy-five percent of um, aggressive behavior is driven by fear. So, if a dog is afraid and startled and sees that the baby as the source of uh, all that anxiety, then uh, if they feel cornered or trapped or mishandled or whatever, startled, they you know it could lead to a bite. That's the main. That's the main concern, you know, and, and obviously we want that. We want to do everything we can to create positive associations between the dog and the child. So have a, having a dog that's super anxious, you know, is a hindrance to that. So, yeah. So we need to address it strongly. Yes. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. So you were, you were saying before I asked the question, you were saying like throw the whole kettle of fish at the problem to get like em- employ every tactic you can. Yeah. And then see what sticks. You know, something, yeah. some things will work, some things won't work, but, um, but I would put it on, you know, on the top of my short list of, pri- you know, of priorities. And I mean, I mean, if the dog is, I mean, and I've seen this and I hate to even just bring it up because the whole, my, my whole website book and everything is supposed to, and it's designed to help people make a smooth integration, but there are situations, for example, an elderly dog, like I had this, I don't know, last year, um, Jack Russell is like 11 years old. He's frail. He's, he's a dog like this that we're talking about, and you can just tell he's never yeah. going to get used to it. And, yeah. uh, you know, if, if you really feel like this is just going to make your dog miserable and everybody tense, then maybe it's time to, find, to, to look around and see if somebody in your network of friends and family might be interested in having that dog. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I mean, it, it stinks, but that's something that sometimes needs to be on the table as part of the conversation. I mean, I'm certainly not right. recommending that as a first line of response, but, but I think, just, yeah, sometimes that has to be on the table. Is this going to work or is my, yeah. This was last year, I think I had three or four situations like that where it was just, one was a greyhound, a retired racing greyhound that was like 11 years old. 
and those dogs can be very sensitive to start with. And um, predictably, it's, it's what happened. The dog was afraid of everything that people thought they could do. And again, by the time the eight-month threshold came around, they realized, you know, this isn't going to work. And thankfully, they had a neighbor who always helped them take care of the dog, and the neighbor took the dog. So, you know, they were still able to go yeah. and see the dog and all that. So I encourage people, check with your friends and family. But sometimes it's a better out. But, that makes sense. Well, if the dog's going to be miserable, chronically miserable, even if you can separate them and all that stuff, if the dog's going to be chronically miserable because of this baby that's just get, continuing to get more and more and more active and, and also take more and more of the owner's time and attention, then just to keep the dog for your own emotional welfare, you know, it seems a little unfair, right? If the dog could be happy yeah, and quiet or totally. go home. So I was told, I yeah. told those people, I said, you know, the only one here that's going to pay an emotional price is you. The dog is going to right. be fine. The yeah. baby's not going to know the difference. So yeah. in some situations, for the benefit of the dogs, you have to suck it up and just do the right thing. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's the last resort. It's not what anybody wants to hear, but sometimes yeah. that has, this has to be on the table. Well, so an, another question I had that came up as we were talking about this. So in, in the context of my dog is afraid of everything, it's, it's a kind of a little tangential, but it's just a question I have. It's like, and you alluded to this a little bit with your with with your own dog in the last episode but are there times when like dogs that previously don't have a history of like high anxiety of fear suddenly kind of out of the blue become afraid of everything or is this something that usually you're going to be able to always see from the beginning usually you're going to be able to see it from the beginning there are cases that i've seen uh where during the adolescent period say around eight or nine or ten months old Dogs that have seemed pretty normal suddenly, for some reason, get completely phobic. Now, I've never been able to figure out why that's the case. There's obviously something neurological happening that has to do with development and hormones and moving through adolescence. Um, so sometimes that can happen. But generally, if mm. people have been with their dog for a few years, um, they're going to have a sense as to whether the dog is generally, quote-unquote, phobic or not. Um, and uh, if so, then around what? Just general or some specific things? I mean, it's... Yeah, it wouldn't just suddenly pop up in a three or four year old dog that you've had its whole life. Yeah, got it. All right. Well, that seems pretty clear. I mean, you know, you covered a couple of things. Like number one, in the beginning, you want to really start making the changes that anything you can anticipate in terms of all the all the new equipment you're going to bring bringing in and the routines, anything that's likely to trigger the dog, the sooner you do it, the better. So you start to get them used to it. You say, you also mentioned creating a safe space for the dog where they can go and be out of the fray, so to speak. And then you also spoke about all the kind of supplements and the new kind of things that we've mentioned in a couple of these podcasts, like Rescue Remedy and the CBDs. And, and you know, there's obviously a whole pharmacopoeia, that, you know, tailor to this now mm -hmm. and then um is there anything else that you want to kind of highlight before we wrap up well no i think that's pretty much it i mean i would encourage people if they're dealing with this to scroll back through some of the older posts and and um take a peek at the ones that are specifically uh, related on to various issues of fear because they'll find more supplemental information um in yeah. there and um and also in the book in the, in the middle section of my book um, there's some good tips on how to, you know, how to prepare dogs for baby, you know, children, babies, and, and dealing with various phobias. So I would, you know, look through all that, see what you could glean, and um, 
get very proactive about it because fear is just yeah difficult. You know, it's deeply entrenched in the deeper part of the brain. It doesn't, uh, it's, you know, it's in the reptilian brain, right? So it's very in the deep structures of the brain. So it takes longer mm. to use, you know, cognitive or desensitizing type processes to override such deep, you know, such deep anxiety. So again, right. the, the point being sooner is better, more is better. Got it. And everybody, I really, really encourage you to follow up on Mike's two recommendations. One, his book. It's a bestseller on Amazon. It's been on the bestseller list for a long time exactly because it works in these situations, particularly in the context of this sort of systematic desensitizing, which which Mike alluded to in the beginning and which we've covered in a lot of these episodes. There's tips for that in the book, but more importantly in the video course that we offer on the website at gooddoghappybaby.com I really encourage you to follow up if this is an issue for you this course will help you go step by step through a process of systematic desensitizing it's going to really help you prepare your dog for your baby so please check that out and also if you enjoy this podcast please leave us a rating and a review it'll help other parents discover the show, help them prepare their dogs for their baby. And um, great. Thank you. Mike, is it any, any last words before we close it up? No, I think that's good. You covered it, man. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Mike. And we'll see you next time.